Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. All right. Well, I want to welcome Allie Brown to the Uncomfortable Truth. Uh, Allie's got a wonderful, wonderful background. I'm going to share just part of it with you. Uh, she's one of the most recognized, maybe the most recognized in the world, coaches of female leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives. Uh, she specializes in women who are making seven to eight figures or aspiring to seven to eight figures. Her coaching and consulting enterprise is ranked within the Inc. 500 list of fastest growing private companies in the nation. She's been named one of Forbes Women to Watch. Uh, she was featured on the ABC primetime show Secret Millionaire. And in addition to leading the Trust Network, she specializes in helping these female leaders who are on track or are already making seven to eight figures. And her work has been featured all over the media, CNN and every place else. I had the great pleasure of working with Ali uh, some years ago. We're still good buddies. Ali, thank you so much for being here today. It's great. I don't think I've ever been on your podcast, so it's an honor. Well, it's, it's great for you to be here. And this is a new phase of the podcast. So I'm interviewing thought leaders and innovative people. You fit that mold wonderfully. And I'd like to start by asking you something. Uh, you said that uh, there's a big problem with how women network uh, and with the existing business communities out there. And what I found in my work for 30 years is that I think women are inherently better at consulting. They're more empathic. They have less ego investment, less to unlearn. However, they're not really as good as uh, being assertive marketers, uh, sort of telling their own story. So I'd like to know how you feel about that, especially in connection to what you said about networking. Yeah, I, I'd i agree. And, you know, people can argue all they want that there's no difference between the sexes. And I'll give you a hundred reasons why there there are and, and evidence there is and how we do things differently. And and there's gifts that come with that and there's challenges that come with that, right, for, for both of us. And um, what when women typically come in my door, they are at or you know, about to break the seven figure mark or beyond that. And there comes a time then in their career that they're going to have to think dramatically differently about how they network, who they connect with, um, how they strategize. And it's such a different mindset for them. And so I'm going to, you know, agree with what you said and what you've seen in that they often have to now think, well, wait, you know, I've been in these circles, they're fun, I enjoy these folks, they're comfortable, but now what are my goals? You know, who should I be connecting with? It's, it's a whole different way of thinking. And then when it comes to the marketing, it's interesting that um, a lot of them, their their positioning has not caught up with who they are. Their positioning has not caught up with who they're becoming and, and where they want to go. And so we do a lot of work on that. I just had a, a client I got off the phone with who I recommended your book. I still, the million dollar consulting is still something I recommend all the time. And I told her, I said, you know, if your needle's kind of over here and on, on the lower end, like in self-promotion, and you read Alan's is over here, right? You're gonna at least end up in the middle somewhere, right? I'll just push you, it'll give you that push. And she came back with so many notes from the book and just she realized that she had been positioning herself more as the work for hire mm-hmm. versus the strategic consultant. And so it just, you know, it, it's a whole new conversation now and how she's thinking. And it's so liberating because usually the stuff that they're sick of and tired of doing. It's it's part of the uh, the areas they're going to be delegating or hiring other people to do. So it's an exciting thing, but they need to see it for themselves before they're ready for it. How did you learn that? How did you see it for yourself? I got started in the internet marketing space, and so um, you know about 
this is where you start realizing how old you are when you start you used to say it 10 years ago and that's 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm 50, 51 now. My gosh. And so about 20 years ago, you know, I got started within this. It was a lot of fun, man. The Wild West days of the internet marketing and everyone's selling ebooks online. And I just jumped in and, I, and I'm having a ball and I'm speaking at events and, and usually the only woman there. And I endured things like well before me too. Ladies. I just, you know, I it just it just just was the way it was at these seminars and uh but i loved it it was so much fun and then i got to a point though that um i mean years had gone by i was doing these amazing workshops and conferences and coaching and that's when we were hitting the inc 500 level which you mentioned and all this stuff and two things two things happened one internally i was feeling restless and not giving myself permission to feel restless like something something needed to change. I wasn't happy doing some of these things. I wanted to do different things with clients and work with different types of clients. Externally, I'd lost my positioning. And the moment we knew this was when, now keep in mind, social had just come out and it was starting to get, you remember this, people, suddenly everything was looking very slick and everyone was a coach and everyone, and we literally got a phone call and the woman said, you know, what's the difference between Allie's program and that other coach who dances in her videos? <laughs> and I, I looked at the team. I said, we've waited too long. Huh. If people don't at a glance see the difference between the work I do and the work these, these chicks are doing here, you know, the chicklets, then, then we drop the ball. So usually we wait too long. We wait until we we've lost that positioning. I find for it, for women especially until we realize, wow, we really have to make a change and position ourselves the way we want to be seen. People talk about a brand sort of officially as a uniform representation of quality, but I see a brand pragmatically as how people think about you when you're not around. And uh, mm -hmm. it seems to me what you just had pertains to that. Do you think that the people you work with? Um, are they adept at forming brands or is it a little bit intimidating or daunting? What do you think? I think I think they think of it the way you mentioned prior and that they just see it as something you create to, you know, message yourself. And I think I've realized the power of my brand even more once I disassemble the large programs and things, because even now when I, I market, I mean, 10 times less than I ever did before we still have people coming to me saying, I know it's time to work with Allie Brown. And that's the best branding I know that I could have. And that's what people are saying. They're like, oh, you're at this level. You know who you need to go work with now. Um, just like with you, Alan, right? Like your reputation just precedes itself. So people are like, all right, consulting, different thinking, I'm gonna go to Alan. And that's the long game, isn't it? And I think that people overlook that, that that's what is the the privilege that, some of us have now in that people coming to us from those years, right, of getting the content out of having clear opinions of having a clear position. And I think that's going to become more important now, because um, if if those of you listening to this haven't noticed, you know, that the internet's gone bananas, the world's gone bananas, and everything's going bananas, your brand and what you stand for and who you are and how you represent that is the thing you have certainty over. And that is the thing you can control. And that is what I think more people near, they're gonna to need to be focused on that going into the next few years, because I think you ain't seen nothing yet. I think things are just about to get crazy. Well, it, that brings up the fact that, you know, for a long time, my brand has included the contrarian. And I know that you often tell people things opposite of what another business coach would tell them. 
And so I'd be curious, what are some examples of that? And, and why do you think that's so important? Well, the formulas are going to self-destruct at some point, right? And and when people come in the door with a formula, I'm like, all right, that's great, but everyone else is going to be doing this if they're not already. If it's an online formula, it's going to stop working mm-hmm. sooner than later. I see people come, I mean, just people get locked into stuff like and investing so much money. And then, you know, the Facebook ad algorithm can change in a second, in a second. I've seen people's launches just implode. And so where I want to work with them anyway is is going in this direction where now now the game's getting juicier because it's now what what do you want? You know, what do you really want? What do you want to create? What do you want to do? What do you not want to do? And sometimes they're not ready to hear that. They're like, no, I want to do the seven-step formula. And can you show me how to do this? And that's usually when I'm like, listen, here's some other names of coaches you can go to. You know, what I do is real coaching. You know, we, we have a conversation. I figure out where you're going, what, what you need to do. And so um, if they are immersed in the industry and that's not going to shift, one of the first things I will do is say, like, let's look at everything else your competition does and do the opposite. You know, if they're charging less, you charge more. If they're if they're uh, lowest common denominator, you go for a high tier of client. If they are mass market and mass communication, you go high touch. If they're doing online programs, you do offline or, or vice versa. Do something totally different. And very often that is the instantaneous way for them to stand out as a category of one because suddenly they'll be even just doing things differently is a positioning strategy that could be part of the process when i wanted to make the big break from the the online programs and that whole circus i looked at you know what is the market that almost no one's serving it's it's actually a very underserved market and that was the women who had broken into that higher tier and they were like well where do i go now and and uh, I wanted to be that person. It's also the people I love to work with. But man, that was hard. And and this is a hard part for a lot of women, especially. I find that we we almost feel like we're abandoning uh, the market that we created or the the people around us. You know, become our friends and colleagues in these circles. And you're going to go do something different. And it seems at face value that won't be as hard as it is, but it it can be because it's very isolating being in some of these types of positions and running these businesses. And, and that is, um, that's a lot of the work where you have to just get super clear on what you want to create and, and have the, the courage to do it. Well, what's interesting to me is that as one succeeds, male or female, uh, and you move toward a more abundance mentality, you have to make changes. And some of those changes include friends. Uh, you need a new group of friends. You don't have to replace all your friends, but you do have to acquire new ones. And perhaps not be so close to some of the old ones who who don't tend to think like you do anymore. Uh, and that can be yeah. traumatic. Yeah, yeah, it can, it, it can be. And so, you know, I really encourage everyone to, to take, take that time. I mean, spending a few days or a week with a different group of people who think differently. Alan, you did this for years with your thought leadership events, which I attended a few of them. This is why I created the trust for women that are at the seven, eight figures to come in my door. It's different conversations and you will leave like recalibrated. It's 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 so, so important to continually do that. I have something fun to show you and I know not your people can't see this, but I brought this. So I, I was, I don't even know how this happened. A drawer on my desk got cleaned out somehow without me. This was put on my desk and I'm like, what is this? And this is a notebook where I took notes from my first workshop with you. It says Alan Weiss, September, 2014. 2014. 
And I wanted to share with you in here, I wrote down the idea for, you mentioned the word iconic for something. I think you're talking about leadership and different types of leaders. And I wrote it down and that triggered me creating my event for women called iconic about being iconic and creating iconic work. And then I wrote down elite, I had an idea, I had a section of ideas that says elite women's club. And that I didn't realize that was a seed that planted. I started to think about the trust. And I want to point this out because it was an event. And I had just had my twins a year ago. It was the last thing I really wanted to do was get on a plane and try to squeeze back in my work pants, right? And fly to Rhode Island. But I did. And I, I just think we're going to see more, more of that. You know, if you make the effort now to be in person with people, it's going to shift your thinking more than anything online. I still believe so strongly in that. I know you still do your events as well. Yeah, I do. Uh, and now, of course, I also do them virtually. I want to reach a global audience as much as I can. You know, I found that uh, people reach a certain level of success and inadvertently or advertently they plateau. And I've called this mm -hmm. a success trap because they think they're just fine, but all plateaus erode. And the only way to coast is downhill. Nobody coasts uphill, right? Nobody grows by coasting. You have something you've talked about, the excellence burnout. Uh, what do you mean by that? Mm, it's um, an excellence is a term to give credit to Gay Hendricks had a book called The Big Leap, which I read maybe I read maybe 15 years ago. It didn't do anything for me. If you, if those of you listening, you picked up a book at some point, been like, eh, oh, yeah, it doesn't click. I picked it up again about five years later. And oh, I cried. I cried reading that book because it described exactly where I was and at that point where I had success. Um, everything was working, you know, I'm doing working in quotes, like, you know, the, the clients were happy, the money's coming in, the team is happy, but I knew there was a whole other level. There was a whole other level for me to offer and, and work with the world and work with these women. And I, I didn't know how to bring that out. And so there's different levels of coaching. And I want to emphasize this, that, you know, when you are at different levels, you know, going to different people who understand where you're at and what you're going through is critical. It's another reason why you want to network strategically and be with, you know, mentors and coaches at the right time. And so, you know, it's hard for us to give ourselves permission to change when things are working, right? When they're not working, you know, we're like, we're going to make it happen and we're going to have yeah, massive yeah. action and get all this stuff. And then you get to this point that also you have a team of people looking at you going like, you know, Where's the paycheck? Oh, wait, you want to change what's working because you're not happy because you're not fulfilled. <laughs> you know, poor Allie, poor Allie's not fulfilled today, you know, and uh, as I'm pulling up my Range Rover, you know, and um, it it was hard to disassemble that. But in the end, people ask me they're like in interviews, like, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? And I said, taking that all apart, having the courage to take all that apart and have some space and rebuild what I really knew would be my real great work in the world. And an excellence burnout, it is a trap. I like you call it the success trap because it is a trap. It's a place you can get stuck um, unless you really are conscious about it. You said earlier that people get to a position where they feel, okay, I'm ready to work with Ali. I'm ready to work with Alan, you know, which is a wonderful position for, for you and for me to be in. Uh, but I'm wondering, how do you advise people um, uh, to uh, to get through sort of the noise today uh, and establish themselves at that category as a as a thought leader going on to icon or whatever you want to call it. But I, I yeah. think it might be tougher to do that than ever because of all the noise. But how do you advise people about that? Get focused. I mean, I see people diluting 
just diluting their power. They're on, you know, 10 types of social media. They're, they don't know who their client is. They, um, they're marketing maybe in all the same ways that everyone else is. And so that's where the whole opposite thing comes into play, right? You know, saying contrarian, right? That's your word. Like, you know, is saying and standing for something that, you know, people may not agree with. Okay. But you believe in it. Okay. That's, it, it's, it feels so risky now, right? Especially it just gets crazier. Social really is what kind of ruined everything. Um, <laughs> it's awesome, but really it ruined people in so many ways. So again, look at your category, look at what people aren't saying. It may be saying the elephant in the room that no one's saying, pointing things out um, and then getting clear. I'd say, you know, choose maybe two or three top platforms or methods you're going to reach your clients and prospects through. Um, I'm actually going back to testing now more direct mail, more like high touch ways of reaching out to people. Um, I'm probably going to shut down Facebook. I just, I'm kind of grossed out by it. Like, and, and we're not getting, you know, any of you know, you're not getting the reach you used to get, but get the numbers out. Look, it may be clear for us. It was very clear. We're not getting clients from here. This is a, a waste of our uh, power here. Let's look at some other methods. So doing the things that people aren't doing in your category will be the most, and, and saying the things they're not saying will get the most attention. And the problem they don't like, Alan, though, is this takes a long time, all right? Everyone wants the instant brand and to be known for something. Um, but this is where, like, you know, it took years for people to see me in a new way. You know, even just a few years ago, people would be like, oh, Ali coaches internet marketing, right? And like, no, we, no, not anymore. You know, you can go over here and, and learn that, but come back here when you want to work on leadership, positioning, thinking differently, um, those things. You have a huge mailing list, don't you? I used to until we gave it a big cleanup. A cleanse. You did a cleanse. We did a giant pur the purge. <laughs> the purge. The purge was these sweet people who found me through like TV shows and stuff and, you know, and thought I was giving away money still. And... <laughs> <laughs> so, but we did at some point. Yeah, I think we we're up to we were up to like a hundred thousand, close to that at some point. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember one point it was eighty thousand. We were talking; it's a lot of people. Uh, look, the um, uh, it seems to me that uh, people talk about the new normal, return to normal. I don't think any of that's going to happen. In fact, I've trademarked a phrase called "no normal." I think we're facing new realities, but I don't think we're returning to any kind of normal. And besides, normal means typical. Normal means average. You know, who, who wants to return to that? Uh, what do you see as trends uh, in the near future, the next couple of years, that people you're coaching and advising should be keenly aware of? Mm. Yeah. Um, can I also offer some, something for people who are coaches mm -hmm. and consultants in Please. that, you know, things are going to keep changing even faster than they were before. And, you know, people are going to actually need real coaches now, you know. <laughs> they're going to actually need do you know what you're following me no more like, pseudo coaches <laughs> well the coaches who teach us you know they teach a seven-step formula right oh it's no longer working i'm so sorry you know the the, the formulas it, that's not coaching so people the great news is people are going to need coaches and consultants i believe more than ever before but ones who are true coaches and come from that perspective, that sounding board, um, you know, a, a place where you're truly helping people figure out their best decision for them and helping them implement that, right? That's, that's going to be important. Creativity, we're in a crisis right now that we are consuming more than we're creating. 
I want everyone to stop consuming so much information, stop consuming so many courses and details and minutia, and now really start feeling into you know, what you want, what you want to create. We're in this, this quickening and there's like two timelines going on right now. And like, there's one timeline of people who will never get out of following the formulas and they're locked in there. And you can see they're, they're also in our institutions. They're in, you know, the government, like they, they don't want things to change. There's frameworks and we're following these no matter, you know, if, if stuff's not working, just throw more money at it in the same system. That's kind of where we're trapped right now. Bigger conversation. for us as business owners and things changing so clearly, your certainty is again going to come from knowing who you are and what your success game is. Alan, I've heard you talked about the metrics, right? And and creating new metrics for yourself. There's for yourself, exercise yeah. I do it. Yeah. At my iconic workshop, I had a session called um, what metrics have been your false gods. And I think you're going to see some real shakeups now. Like if you're, if your metric is social and social blows up, in six months, you're going to be feeling a little lost. So really think about the longer game, build a strong brand that if the internet, you know, I'm using this as an example, because it's a great wake up call. If the internet did blow up, people would still try to find you. That's how good a brand you want. Like they would figure out how to call you or show up at your door or work with you in some way that, that that's what you're known for helping people. You're known for guiding them through their, um, their decisions, their, they're navigating through also just this crazy time. I think it's going to be more and more valuable. It sounds almost like therapy, doesn't it? But it, in a way, um, you know, there's so many issues now that leaders have had. Just look at what leaders in companies have had to deal with over the last two years with all these changes in the world and, and social issues and, and things they've been forced to take on or take a position on and make changes on immediately. And th there's just so much turbulence and that comes into the world of our business. So just stay nimble, you know, keep your eyes open and, uh, you know, stay focused on what's true for you. And one more question for you. Um, from your perspective, what kind of progress do you think women have made entrepreneurially and as executives, uh, you know, on a one to 10 scale or whatever scale you like? I mean, certainly um, from my observation, it, it, women are still not treated equally with men in all respects. Uh, and the 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 um, the adage that they have to work harder or twice as hard is is often true. Uh, so where are where are women today relative to men in the workplace or men who are entrepreneurs? Is it is it a level playing field yet, or is it still somewhat tilted? You know, as far as the corporate world, I don't feel qualified to comment on. I don't work with enough executives. You know, I've I've, I've done some coaching with them, but man, it's a different world. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't. There's so many limitations. I'm like, it just doesn't compute for me. You know, they have to work within the game. Um, I can comment from an entrepreneurial perspective, in that well, it's why so many women are leaving to start their own companies, right? From an entrepreneurial perspective, I mean, I guess the whole. The question is like, when are you reliant on on a existing system for your success? And if you are being reliant on an existing system, then that's where you may face some uh, adversity, I guess. The space where I just hear the most, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that there is someone holding us down. Do you know what I mean? I've never felt that in, mm -hmm. or heard that from the women I work with. The women who work in spaces that are outdated, like one of uh, one of my clients runs a consultancy that helps uh, corporations diversify their supply chains to work with more women and minorities. 
And the hardest companies to get to make any change are the old outdated ones, you know, the government organizations, the, uh, you know, financial, anything like that. The less you have to rely on these institutions, the less you have to rely on existing things and you're creating new, you're actually going to have an easier time because you're making your own rules. The one space that that still is um, pretty, uh, like just hasn't come around is funding. That's like a lot of conversations we've been having in the trust. We brought in a few experts and you literally have these uh, organizations going, gosh, I wish we knew how to find more women entrepreneurs. You know, like <laughs> they just, it's like they don't know how to, I don't know. She said it's the funniest thing. They just don't know how to find them. I'm like, okay, well, maybe we could, we, we may be actually creating something there to like connect them. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the big, dumb old spaces where we're having the problems in the new places we're creating, like, you know, sky's the limit. Uh, Ali, uh, you've been very gracious today. I appreciate your being here. I'd like to know, uh, our listeners would like to know, where can they find out more information? Where can they learn more about you? What would you suggest? Where would they, where should they contact? Yeah, I'll give you just three things. AllieBrown.com leads to all things Ali. Um, jointhetrust.org is where you can learn more about my network for the seven and eight figure women business owners. We're close to 50 women in there. It's incredibly diverse and incredible, um, incredibly accomplished group. Very proud of that. And then I have a great podcast called Glambition Radio. And Instagram's my happy place. <laughs> I want to tell one final Allie Brown story here. It's my favorite story. And it talks about, to me, the class and grace and confidence of Allie Brown. She was with me about, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. We were in a thought leadership program I was running. Uh, and she made a comment. And uh, a man in the next row turned around and said, um, well, that was fabulous. And uh, boy, I can only say you look like a million bucks. And everybody sort of took inhaled air and didn't let it out. And Ali simply said, well, thank you very much. So do you. <laughs> and I, I just thought that was such a confident, calm response that I, I really admired it. And I admire you being here today and I admire what you do. So, Ali, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alan. Fantastic to catch up. Take care. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.